granddad business with Aaron Caliber. That's my dad. Hello, underpants. That is hilarious. Just your mouth do. Rate and review this podcast while my daddy will go into a deep depression. <laughs> Welcome to Grown Dad Business. This is Aaron Kleiber. Hey, friends. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. That's what you're supposed to say when you see somebody and they say, hi, how are you? You're supposed to say, good, thank you. And you? Not, hi, how are you? And then walk past. Um, so this week, we have a, we have a really fun guest. Um, it is uh, a friend named Jared Thompson. He's the owner and proprietor, proprietor of... The Comedy Attic in Bloomington, Indiana. I was just there this past weekend. And um, really fun conversation about all sorts of things. Um, I'll get to that in a second. First, I want to give a shout out to my sponsor. You guys know him. It's Puzzle Pack. Know him. Like it's a, you know, like it's a dude. It is a dude that owns this company. Uh, it's Puzzle Packs. That's P-U-Z-Z-L-E-P-A-X. Packs with an X. Puzzlepacks.com. It is a six-pack holder that you fold up and put together like a puzzle over and over. It folds flat. You can put it in your purse, your backpack, and take it with you and get a six-pack and not have to use a soggy Coors Light six-pack cardboard holder. Puzzlepacks.com. Type in Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, to save some money no matter how much you order. They also sell like coasters, uh, all kinds of things, uh, along with the puzzle packs. You can also get like logos emblazoned. That's my favorite word for that. You can get logos emblazoned on your puzzle packs and on your coasters. They have like keychains or whatever. I mean, magnets. They got all kinds of good stuff. Uh, It's veteran-owned, American-made. It is probably one of the coolest, most rad dad presents or beer lover presents I've ever heard of. They also sell four-pack holders for wine. Uh, so, hey, ladies. I don't want to assume that dudes drink beer and chicks drink wine. Like, that's messed up because that's not true. Um, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, puzzlepacks.com. That's packs with an X. And uh, it's also um, leading into what I want to pimp this week is the Pittsburgh Comedy Festival. If you're listening to this this week, the Pittsburgh Comedy Festival is August 27th, 28th, and 29th, this weekend, Thursday through Saturday. And uh, we got some special puzzle packs made for the headliners. They're not going to listen to this, so uh, I can tell you they are special Pittsburgh Comedy Festival edition puzzle packs for the headliners, a special gift from puzzle packs. And uh, I'll post a picture on Instagram. Check that out. Uh, Aaron Kleiber on everything, all the social meds, social meds, does medias. Um, so check that out. Uh, Pittsburgh Comedy Festival dot org. We have Todd Glass. You may know him from Louie, Last Comic Standing, Comedy Central. We also have Improv by Bombardo, an all female improv group from New York featuring Aubrey Plaza from uh, Parks and Recreation, and tons of submissions from all over the country, stand-ups and improvisers, and the best of Pittsburgh stand-ups and improvisers. Um, So if you don't have anything to do this weekend, Thursday through Saturday, 
come out. There's also a free kids show. I should mention this on the Grow Dad Business Podcast. Free kids show at 3 p.m. on Saturday. All of these shows take place at the Henry Heyman Theater down in Oakland, right in front of the Pick Cathedral. But the kids show at 3 p.m. on Saturday is free. It's called the Kids Comedy Cabaret. You have to... Uh, RSVP, though, so go to pittsburghcomedyfestival.org. There's also workshops if you're a comedian or an improviser or somebody who wants to learn more about comedy, sketch writing, improv. Check out the workshops also on the pittsburghcomedyfestival.org page, and uh, that's fun. So check that out. Uh, I'm just emceeing some shows. I was the stand-up director, and I'm really happy about the uh, the comedians we got from Pittsburgh and all around the country in this festival. It's going to be amazing. And it's in an intimate setting at the Henry Heyman Theater uh, where comedy is just the best uh, a lot of times in a small, intimate place. Um, other than that, I'm doing some other things. I'm on the radio every Wednesday in Pittsburgh on Q92 on the Jim Crenn Morning Show. And uh, if you're listening from abroad... Uh, I'm doing some other things, but September 11th in Pittsburgh at the Carnegie Library of Homestead Music Hall, there's a huge comedy show. It's a huge fundraiser for all six Steel Valley District, Steel Valley Borough um, fire departments. Uh, It's going to be myself, Sean Collier, uh, who's my partner on the Handle the Truth uh, movie podcast, uh, and also Mike Wysocki from the Q92 Morning Show. Uh, please come out. Uh, it, it supports six volunteer fire companies, all from the same neighborhood, uh, and that's pretty amazing. I'm also doing a new Comic Wars September 12th at Arcade Comedy Theater, and uh, September 19th, I'll be at Arcade Comedy Theater with Dean Del Rey. I don't know if you guys heard of Dean Del Rey. If you haven't, come see him. If you have, no further explanation needed. Um, I also got some good news. Um, I will be participating in the World Series of Comedy in Las Vegas, um, they take 100 comedians uh, from over 1,000 uh, submissions, and um, they asked me to submit this year, and I did, and I got in. And um, you can win lots and lots of bookings and work from clubs all over the country, and I'm excited to just be there. Uh, I love hanging out with other comedians, and I love uh, you know just building those relationships and you know, seeing all kinds of comedy from all over the country. And I've never been to Vegas. I've flown over it. Never been there. I have one of my college roommates is from there. That's exciting. Get to see him. Uh, but other than that, uh, I also will be at Mizzou, the University of Missouri, September 30th. And I'll be in Columbia, Missouri, also October 1st through the 3rd, headlining Deja Vu Comedy Club, if you guys know about that. And, uh, yeah, that's all for now. But uh, I want to get to my guest uh, owner and proprietor of the Comedy Attic in Bloomington, Indiana. That's where Indiana University is, home of the Hoosiers. And uh, I was at the Comedy Attic this past weekend with Rachel Feinstein, one of the funniest comics I've ever seen, funniest females I've ever seen. Um, check out Rachel Feinstein. She's going to have a Comedy uh, Central hour-long special coming soon, um, either later in the year or early next year. But uh, check her out. But um, the Comedy Attic is one of those comedy clubs that is really hard to get into because it's such a great comedy club. Um, Low ceilings, small crowd, um, lots of amazing comedians perform there. Uh, In the next couple weeks in Bloomington at the Comedy Attic, they're going to have Joe DeRosa this weekend, Jimmy Pardo, Gary Gallman. Uh, It's they have a really they always have a really exciting lineup. Um, 
So check that out. If you're ever near Indiana, it's only 45 minutes south of Indianapolis. Uh, if you're ever there for work or anything, drive 45 minutes south and go check out a show at the Comedy Attic. Uh, there's a reason why every comedian in the business wants to play this. And um, I was very fortunate to be able to do that. Uh, because last year I was in their comedy festival, the Limestone Comedy Festival, one of the best comedy festivals in the country. And uh, it was so fun. I got to open for Emo Phillips and got to see Patton Oswalt live and um, be part of those shows. And it was just amazing. Um, but, you know, uh, about a year ago, year ago, year and a half ago, USA Today named the Comedy Attic one of the 10 best comedy clubs in the country. Um, it was an article called 10 Places Where Comedy is King, and it named, you know, the Comedy Attic as one of the 10 best places to see stand-up comedy in the country. And that's crazy. Uh, it's Well, it's not crazy because it's a great club. It really is. Um, so this club is great for uh, a couple different reasons. One of the reasons is the owner, Jared Thompson, who is going to be my guest today, loves comedy. And he pays attention to details. And there's all these little things that comedians always, you know, complain about certain clubs get things wrong he watches every detail he makes sure that nobody is talking that the room is right that the the intro video is specifically he sits down and tells you how to behave in a comedy club like a conversation with a child when you take them into the movie theaters like it's it's awesome and um every little detail uh, uh, you know and from from jared's attention to the comedy club business, to the comedians he books, um, it trickles down, and the staff is just phenomenal. And uh, and he's a funny dude. He's a goofy, funny dude. He's fun to talk to. He loves movies. He's also been on Doug Loves Movies. Um, huge movie fan. Um, we had some disagreements about movies, namely the Mothman prophecies, which I don't know how he likes that movie. That's cuckoo bananas. But um, we're going to get into a conversation with Jared. We talk a little bit about uptight parents and parents messing up their kids and we talk about movies pixar movies kids movies and um we talk about pretty much everything in between um i think you're really gonna like it please enjoy jared thompson my friend and owner of the comedy attic in bloomington indiana boom what podcast do you think you're on it's uh (laughs) i know there's dad and working in the title nope (laughs) there's working working dad's Working dads, nope. It's called grown dad business. That's it, grown yeah. dad business. Yeah, yeah. I have a, I have a dad. Good for you. Yeah. End of podcast. That's it. Yeah. Does uh, the well? You just wanted to know. Does Jared Thompson have a dad? Do you have a dad? I do. Well, he's actually moving in with me. Thanks for joining us, in guys. September. Sponsors are coming up. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Jared Thompson, uh, he, you are the owner and proprietor. Propi- That's not a word. Proprietor? Papaya. Papaya. You're the papaya of the Comedy Attic in Bloomington, Indiana. Yes. Yeah. Also, uh, co-founder? Co-founder. Director of Limestone Comedy Festival, which might be of more interest to some people. Yeah. Some people just like to do festivals. That's all they do. Yeah. I know people that seriously do two festivals a month. It's That's a festival what they circuit. Do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh it is one of the most fun festivals I've ever been to. Oh, well, thank you. I uh I'm I, you may know I'm the stand-up director of the Pittsburgh Comedy Festival and Limestone Fest uh definitely took some ideas and cues from you guys of how you run things and 
was yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, we uh, honestly, like, much like the comedy attic where, and I don't mean this like it's all luck. Like, what I mean is, is that there are factors that you just simply can't pray hard enough are reality. And what I mean is, is that the fact that the festival is all within two blocks of each other. Which is one of the best things I tell people. How right. amazing is that that you guys have, how many venues? Well, there's five total venues that's what I mean. It's like, it's and they're amazing. all right there. And so yeah, within blocks. Right. And I mean, I think that that's honestly like overall, that's sort of like the, the canvas of which we then do everything with, because it's just, it makes it, it's better for the people coming to the festival. It's better for the comedians to be able to stay all together within right. that, that, I mean, you know, and, and, I, and we've done, and we've had three of them and all three of them have felt the same like they're just yeah. very uh it's just everybody's having a really fun time i just love that if i wasn't on a show i could walk in between three different shows going on at the same time and check out a little bit of everybody yeah i mean it, it really amazing. that is a a big reason like why we do it like that and matt alana martin who is really the like ultimately in charge of the festival um we don't we're not on even footing very often like he does a lot more work than i do for the festival but his idea he thought of the festival basically uh because of sort of the lousy time that he had had at other festivals right yeah i remember him saying that and and like not even as a comedian not being able to even get into shows like you don't sure. even have a badge where you can go into shows and even sit in the back or something oh yeah there there are some festivals where it's like oh the headliner show you're not a lot in here you're just a submission right yeah, yeah and yeah. i mean I, I we also think that a very important piece of the puzzle is that every show has you know both a headliner and you know what we call the feature comics sure. which is the same thing as what you meant yeah, I mean, of course, it's the same idea. But, yeah. like, what I mean is is that, like, th like to me, the idea that it would only make sense if, if leading up to a headliner show, the shows without headliners uh, were, for whatever reason, at different times. Like, what right. I'm saying is, like, why would anyone, you know, if Eugene Merman and Reggie Watts and Tig Notaro are performing at a venue, why would you go see... A lineup of people that you've never heard of. Sure. Like if you're making, I mean, the, the thing that I don't think that they must not be thinking about is people are making sacrifices in their lives to come to the festival. Right. So right. if, like, I, I guess what I'm saying is, yeah, you're going to maybe one out of every 20 people would be like, oh, I'm interested in seeing comedians who I don't know yet. And that will be fun. Right. And of course, they're out there. People like sure. that are out there. But 95% of people or 19 out of 20 are going to see Reggie Watts, Tig Notaro, and Eugene Merman if sure. given the opportunity. They've gotten a babysitter. They've taken off work. They've done all those things. Why do all those things and then stop short of seeing people that you recognize? It just doesn't make any sense. So right. that's why we put the, both sets of people on each show. Yeah, I love it. Well, well thank you. <laughs> I do. I love it. I uh, I wanted to chat with you not only because you own an amazing comedy club, because you. you're a dad. Yes. And, you know, some people people like hearing about that stuff. I mean, that's kind of what I talk about. Sure. And I remember the, the last time I was here, I was with Bobcat here years ago. And I remember your, your first child. Yes. How old now? Well, Max just started kindergarten three weeks. Well, he has had, he's been in... 
three he's had three weeks of it. Yeah. So when I was here, you probably had a two year old in the green room. Sure. And I was like, this is fascinating. And I've yeah. always remembered that. And I feel like there's not many clubs. I, I I mean, I I don't think I've been to a club where people have had their kids there or had such young children. And yeah. it's it's kind of a fascinating dynamic to me as a dad how sure. that works. Well, it's funny that you mentioned this because a lot of things about the comedy attic specifically the things that we get credited for were created out of out of just sheer ne- sheer ne- necessity. Yeah. Like for instance, like we get a lot of people that record their album here because the sound in the room is so fantastic because of low, low ceilings and right. the audience is right on top of you. Both of those things were because we didn't have any money. Right. And so we just put it in a drop ceiling because we couldn't afford to like, we were so dumb when we first opened mm-hmm. that we thought, Oh, this ceiling that's up here is so beautiful. We should restore it if we could. And we got an estimate on it. We we're like, we just couldn't afford it. Right. So out of just money, we put yeah. in the drop ceiling, which is really totally paved the way for this being a club that people love the sound of. But anyway, along those same lines, Max was here uh, very early on. I'd say you probably were here at the tail end of him being at the club because after a certain time where he could speak and walk and just, he was a a regular person at that (laughs) point. Right, right, right. He was, you couldn't keep him here as much. But in the very early years year and a half two years of the club it was just we had no choice like i we couldn't afford a babysitter my wife was waiting tables so that we could pay our bills yeah i think and was she here waiting tables yeah i do remember that that's right now now that we have uh margaret also we almost never she just stays home at night because we definitely can't afford a babysitter for two people and when she was on leave, uh, or when, I guess I should say, right after Margaret was born, was kind of the last, right before Margaret was born, was the last time that she really ever worked here. Yeah. And uh, because, you know, she was taking care of a newborn at yeah. home. And so my point is, is that then our staff kind of gets used to being able to work the hours that they want to work and they get the shifts that they... So you also have to keep in mind that you don't want to pull the rug out from under... Like, for instance, we have several parents that work here. And right. so, you know, you have to keep into, you know, you, you have to take into account if someone does a good job for you, you don't want to take money away from them, especially if there's, you know, children involved. Sure. So that's, basically, that's interesting. That makes you sensitive to that for sure. Well, I mean, I feel like that's just a general. Right. Uh, like a human thing. Of course. <laughs> like, but I, I understand what you're saying that like, I mean. Uh, not everyone's mind works like that. I mean, like, sure. for instance, like, I was obsessed with Pixar way before Max was born. Yeah. So it really has no bearing on me at all that he is, a, that I have kids when it comes to movies. Like, I would still have gone to see every Pixar movie, I'm, even I'm Cars I'm the same 2. way. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I would still would have seen Cars 2. Yeah. Well, I, I don't might know not Cars see too. Cars 3, though. I can't believe that they're doing Cars 3. Yeah, really I, I, I don't think I would have seen Cars 2. Well, I just figured, because I actually am one of the few people that likes Cars, the regular Cars. I do love it. Yeah, and so I was like, well, it's John Lasseter. Like, I'm going to give it a try. Sure. It was real bad. I mean, it's yeah. so noticeably worse <laughs> than everything. I mean, really, the second worst Pixar movie is probably Monsters University, which is a really good movie. So, yeah, I mean, no, they're all good, but yeah. uh, 
I should give a primer that uh, Jared also loves movies. Yes, I, this could shift as very much quickly. or probably more. Yeah, it no, usually no than comedy. No, it's no. There's no comparison. It's movies, music, sports. I was going to say way ahead of comedy. Uh, more than more than me for sure. Like well, you, I I mean we talked last night about movies, and I mean yeah. you have just you have an ability to talk about movies at the same level that I can. I don't and think I, oh, there's I like much that. of a separation. Uh, I mean, I I make a point. Uh, I see roughly forty new releases a year. Like whenever I last go to year, make I my almost list. did about a hundred. Yeah, but I so also then, do a movie review podcast. See, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't. Part of the thing is, is that like I, I, I look at it like this, and we didn't talk about this last night, but I have a, a strict rule that if something is ninety percent or higher on Rotten Tomatoes, and I'm able to go see it, yeah, I'll go see it. Regardless of genre, I don't even look at Rotten Tomatoes. Well, see, but see, that saves you from seeing a hundred movies, though, because then here's my point: is that like you can still make changes because we talked last night about the Strangers, yeah, which is forty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which to me which, is the most is the most egregious score. Yeah, and that I don't I've ever agree read. with that either. Sure, but all that that means, see, the, the part of the reason that I'm making an argument against what I'm saying, yeah, but you can look at it like, like let's just take. This is really weird, but let's just take How to Train Your Dragon or How to Train Your Dragon 2 versus The Strangers. Because there's no way that anyone would sit there and say that clearly How to Train Your Dragon is a better movie than The Strangers. So what I believe it is... It, now, I'm not saying people wouldn't say that it's, it is better, but they wouldn't say right. that it's so substantially better that How to Train Your Dragon is 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. All that that means to me is that 98% of people are like, yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Whereas with The Strangers, they're thinking of one or two things that they didn't like about the movie. And oh, yeah, giving that's... it a negative score and probably the ending is what that problem is. Yeah, because no, you're the right. the ending of The Strangers, it's kind of stupid, honestly. Yeah, no, horror movies and action movies, I think, get that. Is people are like, well, that wasn't real. And then they're right. like, one they, you know, you're absolutely right. Exactly, and so that's there is a psychology to it. But so sure. that's why I live in, I live in that ninety percent, yeah, you know, area, with but still with the knowledge that an animated movie is always going to be either way over or way underrated because again who's gonna say who's gonna give toy story 3 a negative review no one is gonna do that and i don't i don't like how people give bad reviews to movies that are clearly for little children like people you know i've heard adults like finding nemo's so dumb and i'm like you're not four. Right, exactly. Like, and it's not you... dumb either. That's no, it's amazing. You're just totally wrong on every level. If you <laughs> you're that. wrong. Like I, I, for instance, rate Finding Nemo much lower, meaning not as good as most people do on the Pixar scale. Sure. But I still think it's it's a very good movie. I would, say, I would say I know what you mean by like every Pixar movie is pretty good. Yeah. Like it, there's, not, there's not a terrible one. Would you agree with that? Well, th- except for Cars 2. Cars it's 2 is terrible. not great. It's pretty terrible. It I deserves probably, the I, rating that it has, which is I like I probably liked it a little bit more because I saw it with my three-year-old. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I don't mind. I'm not yeah. going to like refuse to let Max watch it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, right. I would rather he watch Cars 1 or even the, the uh, Mater short. It's not a short, but there's like a 30 Oh, they're minute. great. The Mater's yeah. Tales? Yeah. those are. That's I think I, they're great. Sure. When he's so, different monster trucks. I would go. Let's just. We can wrap up the Pixar talk by. I mean, that's fine. I'm going to do my list here. Okay, 
People love people love this is kids and movies. And yeah, this is great. Well, so Toy Story three is not only the best movie in the history of Pixar, but also to me, when I made my top one hundred films of two thousand through two thousand and nine, wow, I believe that I can only say for certain that the only film better than Toy Story three in that decade is No Country for Old Men. Wow. I'm not saying that Toy Story 3 is the second best movie of the decade. I believe that's Pan's Labyrinth. But I will say that Toy Story 3 is every bit as good as Pan's Labyrinth. I just think that because it's an original, not a not oh, the sure. third in a series, I would go. So I believe I would go Pan uh I would go one is unquestionably no no country for old men. Two is Pan's Labyrinth. And then The Dark Knight and Toy Story 3 are 3-4, three, whichever day I'm yeah. thinking about it. Now, as far as Pixar goes, I go t- Toy Story 3-1. I go up to Wally 3, and that switches also. Wally's 3, huh? It's it's either 2 or 3. Hmm. It's that good that it could be as good or better than up. It just depends. It's very it's a very fluid situation, Aaron. <laughs> Things can change at any moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where it gets... You know, I feel like that you almost have to go Toy Story 1, then 2 as your top five because really there's very little wrong with any of the three films in the I agree with that for sure. And so I would say just out of respect for for the trio, and I'm not going to say the – whatever it's called. What's it called when it's a three? The trilogy. The trilogy is because they're doing a fourth, which I'm totally happy about. Sure. I mean, I don't think there's any chance that they're not going to do... Now, here's my point. It could go back to being as good... There's arm wrestling on television while we're doing this. Just yeah, this so is everyone kind of knows. hilarious. So I, we were watching, strong. We were watching, uh, or I was watching, the Little League World Series. Australia won three to nothing. Anyway, so this just came on afterwards. It's very strange. I've never watched arm wrestling in my Me life. Me neither. So. Hugh Jackman anyway, looking dude is beating. I would say that it's that... the. I feel like in anticipation of Toy Story 4, the... The if it's as good as Toy Story two, I'll be happy enough. Where I worry right. is that if it goes below that, if it goes below that line, then I wonder if it was worth it to make. But I feel like that it could be yeah. as good as Toy Story one or two. I don't like when movies hit that point where it was so like, especially like a third or fourth one where it's so bad that what was the point of even making it? Right, Crystal Skull. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's right. like why? Why didn't you just? Why? Yeah, I mean, I'm not exactly the right person to talk to be- about this because I'm not the biggest fan of the whole series. Indiana Jones? Yeah, I mean, it's fine. I don't think it's bad. It's I'm very just, good. To me, if I'm going to sit there and watch, I guess what I'm saying is, and this is more of a Spielberg thing, but if I'm going to throw on a movie from that era of Spielberg, yeah. I'm going to watch you know, either Jaws, that's not really the same era, right. Jaws or E.T., I suppose, to me, are are much better films. I'd yeah. say Close Encounters is better than any of any one of those movies, in my opinion. No, that's I don't fun. think yeah. that any of them are bad, though. They're all good. I just yeah, don't... but see, what I like about you is that that opinion right there is totally warranted and all right with me. <laughs> right. Because then people are like... I mean, you I know. feel like the ET is like is just completely perfect in every way. Yeah, I know. I think people fall on those sides. I, right. I totally know what you mean. Well, like, I mean, I, I don't have time for someone that doesn't like that movie. 
I mean, there's just not, there's just nothing. You have no argument to be made that it's not a good movie. It's just, I hundred percent. You agree. cannot like it, but that you can't say it's not a good movie. Like it's sort of like with Bob Dylan. I'm never going to listen to Bob Dylan, but I'm not going to say it's not good because I, it is good. You and I are hundred percent on like parallel with that. Yeah, because I, mean, I, I agree. Like I'm like I'm not really crazy about the Beatles. Yeah, but I know they're amazing. Of course. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's like we're not talking. I mean, the like people tend to like forget the difference like smooth by santana and rob thomas is a fucking oh wait that's it's okay a, there, i don't know why i did that there's no kids actually listening sometimes moms it's listen a, in the van sorry moms we can bleep that out yeah it was uh, fun. well anyway what i'm saying is it's it's a it's a it's a crime how bad that that song is <laughs> so what i'm saying is is that like there's a difference between my disdain for that song existing in the world and the fact that i don't choose to listen to bob dylan there's a big difference yeah to me i just don't care for his voice and i think sure. that his lyrics are like like borderline hysterical for the same reason i don't <laughs> like the smiths but what i'm saying is, yeah. is that like both the smiths and bob dylan have v- value Sure. In the world of music, I and that smooth, the Santana and Rob Thomas song, there's literally no value whatsoever. <laughs> if you like that song, you are, just hear me very loud and clear if for some reason someone from Bloomington is listening to this. You are not welcome at the Comedy Attic <laughs> if you like that song. Please do not come here if you like that song. Or the Bare Naked Ladies. Oh my God. In any way. I cannot handle it. Don't come here. You know when uh, people play like if I had a million dollars at their wedding, there they I, should. It makes me. They should be mutilated. It makes me crazy. Let's end the bloodline now. What did you think about uh, Inside Out? It was fantastic. It was I mean, great, it's right? probably six. Yeah, it's yeah, probably it was right very there. Good. It's it's the thing is is that we romanticize movies like Monsters Inc. and which is great. I'm not saying I do, it's not great. I love. I really like Monsters Inc. I do too. I but think my, it's so creative. I do. I agree with you. But I'm saying that the. I don't think that there's 25 years from now, I believe that we're going to view it inside out as the better film, but I feel like that you had some argument with Wally and I'm very surprised. I want to know what this I, is. I think, um, I don't know. I, I think I would have to, I, I'm not, my brain is not right. I'll be the first to admit that I'm not going to talk like I remember it and know it. Yeah. I just remember not liking it as much as a lot of other Pixar movies. Well, it's just, I think that, I mean, we have to really keep in mind here a really interesting. Maybe, maybe was it, it was because the, there was the message of it was kind of sh- throat shovey. Well, I mean, I think that, the, I think that anytime that we can sort of remind America that we're fat, I think it's okay yeah, without yeah. actually shaming someone. Right. Like, I feel like that it's never, I mean, we, we sort of talked about this a little bit last night or it came up in the green room during the show where it's like, I prefer not to hurt someone's feelings sure. that can't, that they can't control the thing that you're making fun of them about it on stage. I don't mean you, I mean, at, in yeah, comedy, yeah, yeah. I prefer not to do that. But I also very much know that in America, obesity is a very serious issue. And so, you know, if we can sort of make it somehow make a movie that reminds that this could be where we're headed. Yeah, right. To me, that was an okay way to do it. But I understand sure. what you're saying. It's, it's, you know, it it could be viewed as as sort of. I guess know, I'd rather some of the some of the messages in some of the other Pixar films because they all have a great message. Yeah. No matter what it's about, right. I think it's it was uh, a lot of them are more wooing. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. They woo you a little bit more. And right. and you don't really know you're getting preached to. Sure. I don't yeah. know. I have yeah. to watch it again. I well, mean, it's great. But I mean, you're really- but you're one of the people that it would say would say that about Wally and make me want to watch it again. Well, I mean, I don't think there's it, You know what I mean? Like understand like as nuanced of a com- of a of a movie fan as you are, there's no way that you'll think it's not a good movie. Oh, true. I don't But you might not think that it's the third best movie in the Pixar Yeah, series. right. But I would but I respect your opinion enough yeah. where I was like, I want to I'll watch it again. I want to watch it again. It's, it's- going to be very interesting to see what shakes out with The Good Dinosaur because as oh, yeah. you probably know, I mean, it was supposed to come out last year. Yeah. And so well, we went for the first time since I think Toy Story 2, we went a calendar year, like an entire Oscar, yeah. fiscal Oscar year with no Pixar movie last yeah. year. Now, part of what kind of helped that along was that Big Hero 6 was so good. And right. so I think that people. Now, it was really good. And it is. And now that John Lasseter is in charge of Disney an- animation, yeah. it sort of has made. That three, that trio of movies, right in a row, Wreck It Ralph, Frozen, uh, and Big Hero Six, yeah. have all been really, honestly, as good as a lot of Pixar movies. I mean, I I agree. Uh, I mean, it's a little more depth in in like, if not for the homophobia in, and it really is weird in Wreck It Ralph. I would yeah. say I would say that Wreck It Ralph is would be a top 10 Pixar movie if it were Pixar. Yeah. The idea of Wreck-It Ralph, the 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 storyline, everything about it is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, very and I, super and creative. It just it's so weird that you have that there was never anyone that spoke up and was like, "Wait a second, like we can't do this. We can't we can't make like like basically they made king candy into being this like right this gay like villain liberace like, right and of, it's like yeah yeah and it would be fine if he just like acted gay yeah that would be fine but it's the things that people call him and wreck it ralph yeah, calls yeah. him yeah 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 and it just it makes you really that's funny you brought that up i totally forgot about that yeah and it's and 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 i do believe that both uh sarah silverman and uh uh, John C. Riley are are have got to be very thoughtful, mm-hmm. like almost overly sensitive about this sort of thing. And maybe and here's the thing: I didn't really think about it until I read something about it. Yeah, and I had seen the movie. We probably took Max to see it like ten times. Yeah, and uh, I mean, we we really were in the theater that many times to see it and and we've watched it at home all and I probably didn't really even think about it and then the more I, I, I think I read like, something also I just I can't believe that it, it so my point is is that like in fairness to the actors and even the director and everyone involved I don't yeah. think that it was supposed to be hurtful I think sure. that they were just trying to be funny and playful and it's just something I mean I can only imagine that when the director was growing up these are just things that people say or do who who was it that played that character? So it uh Reggett Ralph is John C. Riley. No, no, no. Who played King Candy? It's a guy I don't know the guy. He's a it's a guy who whose name I don't recognize. It was it's always like it's something like it's like one of their like. Yeah, it's like uh, it's a, probably a studio guy. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um well let me uh oh, it's Alan uh Tudick. Is Tudick. I don't, I don't remember know remember he's in everything. He's in a oh, bunch yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Sure. No, I recognize him. He's he has been. He's in Dodgeball. Yeah, he was a he was a teen actor. I think mm-hmm. he was in a, some eighties movies. 
like someone's ski googling. Patrol. I mean, not now, but when this yeah, somebody's googling in, to see if I'm right. Like ski patrol. Wait, that's not. Isn't no, he the guy not. that dresses like a pirate in Dodgeball? Yes, I think so. Steve the pirate. I think so. Yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Um, I knew this was going to happen. I knew we were going to talk about movies, but that's fine because I love. We're talking about kids' movies. At least. Yeah. Oh, it's the best. Like yeah. it's a g- great overlap. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Before we're done, I would just want to. I was telling, I was just telling somebody. I've I was started earlier before about how like I can't think of any comedy clubs that has like a young dad, mm-hmm. and that like how have you seen any effect uh, with like your kids growing up as their dad owning a comedy club? I mean, it's definitely not because everybody, all comedians, we think of Mitzi and Polly. Mm, you know what I mean? Sure. But like you said, like early on you started not having the kids here. Well, I mean, I think first of all, Max is just starting to understand uh, what, I mean, he has no idea what comedy is. Like, right. He doesn't know that people stand in front of an audience. See, that's my, my kids know like a hundred percent, like, because that's what daddy does. Like I have to tell him like, daddy makes people laugh, makes people happy. And I've taken them into my home club and they yeah. stood in front of the microphone. And- well, no, he's done that, but yeah. I don't think that he quite understands he recognizes the club. He'll point right. to it when we're driving past it. Right. I mean, I really do try everything I can to make it as separate of a life sure. as I possibly can because I don't, you know, even now, I don't want him to feel pressure to, mm. you know, I, I don't want to even instill the very beginnings of like the lingering ideas that this is all you need to shoot for, you know, like, oh, uh, yeah, right. like eventually you're, you know, he, I think it's important mm. that he understands that he's going to have the choice to do anything he wants. Right. You know, they both are. Now, Margaret is not even two yet. She's 18 months. So she yeah. clearly is very dumb and doesn't know <laughs> anything yet. Yeah, totally. But yeah. she, you know, so I it's going to be a six month old. Right. Totally exactly. Get it. They're very dumb yeah. at that, at that age. Like can't even but pick things up. Nothing. What an idiot. No, but like it is crazy because uh, both of my kids have been just an absolute joy. Yeah. Uh, very little sleeping problems, only here and there. I'm the same. Any, my kids are awesome. Yeah, like they're just, you know, you hear, and I mean, you really do sympathize with people that have had to go through. People things. always ask, they're like, oh, how you sleep? And right, I'm exactly. Like, and, that, and, and I understand that part of that is just what people say. They hear yeah, other yeah. people say it and then they say yeah, it, but yeah, there yeah. are the people who really did go yeah. through nightmares. Like Michael Ian Black was just here and he does a story on stage where he talks about how one of his kids had colic. I mean, it's just gotta be a nightmare for everyone. You know, I mean, it's just, I mean, like most of all the kid. And then when you get like, you know, for me and you, like, you know, it's, it's worse for you because you have also on top of show days, you have travel days yeah, either leading up to, or like meaning that like yeah. I live your life basically even though I don't have to travel another six, right, seven, right, right. eight hours to get back to them. Right. But it's a similar idea where it's yeah, like, you know, you're right. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'm not there. Like yeah. they don't see me. Daddy's with you comedians. Know? Right. And yeah. so I so I really have to be careful. Like I've been I've I've always been pretty much every day I pick up Max from school no matter what. Yeah. And, you know, he's gotten used to this is just the time that I have to leave. And he understands that. And he's fine with it. And that's where I'm at, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, daddy, like by the time we eat dinner and the kids get a bath, the kids are getting ready for bed. And when they still have wet hair getting ready for bed, that's when daddy goes to work. Right. 
you know, yeah. especially when I'm at home. You know what I mean? Like, I still will per- right. perform. I'll still get on stage every night. Now, now, did you know, I mean, of course you do, that Pittsburgh well, is the first ever comedy club, or the first full-time club was uh, the two the two maniacs that, that opened the Funny Bone were like a comedy duo, and they opened the Pittsburgh Funny Bone, which was the first ever full-time comedy club, I guess, outside of New York and Los Angeles. I have heard that, and I don't, I don't think it was... I don't think it was those the guys. It's Gerald Kubach and Jerry, whatever his name is, the guy that really runs or owns the Funny Bones. So yeah, the, and Jeff Schneider. No, it's a guy. It's, yeah, the he guys, has a fun, guy, has a, I know, I know the name Jerry Kubach. No, but he's so. This is what I mean. But it, there was guys after that that I knew. So these guys, these two, I've have heard what were you're a comedy saying, duo. Yeah, and they opened their own club in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and it was the and it was the Funny Bone. That's where it all started. Yeah, of now. They say that it's the first ever comedy club, but I think that, like, ultimately, I think that what they mean is is that, that maybe the timeline was like, for instance, if you've watched any of the or read about the early days, you know, in New York and Los Angeles, a lot of the places yeah. weren't all. They wasn't just comedy; like, they would do other stuff too. Yeah, sure, they'd have acoustic music, and you know, yeah, yeah, I know sure. what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, anyway, I was and just like joking. I was just telling you that because you live in Pittsburgh. No, no, I I have heard that before. And uh, it kind of came up in the history of how Pittsburgh has a huge history of firsts in entertainment Mm -hmm. because we, you know, of course you build culture where there are lots of people working. And so having all the steel mills, it was like, that's why, you know, there was like, you know, dance clubs where Pittsburgh was one of the first place to have a huge dance ballroom. And you guys also, it's a, it's a, it's a big movie city. Yeah. Lots of movies. I was, I will say that. I've auditioned for if all of them. The game, the game, <laughs> yeah. Da- David Fincher's The yeah. Game I love is that not movie. the most underrated movie of my lifetime. Then that Bro. movie is Wonder Boys, which is set in yeah, Pittsburgh. Really, it's a fantastic. I liked Wonder phenomenal Boys, movie, uh, but the game is phenomenal. Yeah, the game is super is underrated on my list of most underrated movies of my lifetime. I would, I would, I would put and that it's in funny there. because, and we're not going to talk about this. I refuse to have this conversation with you on the air. Okay. but my, I think my number two was the Mothman Prophecies, yeah, which we, was also filmed in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, it's a, a curse. It's a to- It's an absolute. <laughs> it it it's just a delight to watch. I cannot. I'm I'm when you say Mothman prophecies, it bleeps in my head. It doesn't and make I any sense. A different movie. Richard Gere is an elite actor of our lifetime, and I'm not kidding. He's Bad, always uh, good. Good actors have done crappy movies. I understand that, but this movie is it, like it's just. I feel like that it has a a great. His car just stopped working. How is that not good? This is one of those times where I want to trust you, and I may, I might watch it you again. You have to watch it again. I'm, but I'm going to say I might. This is how respected that the movie is. It's never been pressed on Blu-ray. That means not a it good would sign. not sell. That's what I mean. Yeah, it's, it's just so like bad. no one likes it. That's exactly my point, though. Is that's how, but do you think that that's one of your that's like as a movie lover, we all have a couple movies that are so bad, but we love them. No, I mean my number one is Spaceballs. I mean that was my my favorite. But that's movie not for the, so bad that it's you pretty love it. bad. It's fun. It's not, my point. It's, it's my second Mothman favorite Foxes. movie ever. It's not Daredevil. So obviously, I like it. What I'm saying that's my is my wife's is favorite that, movie. Yeah, it's my. Spaceballs. It was my favorite movie, and just 
four or five years ago, it just clicked in my mind that Back to the Future is actually my favorite movie. And it's because I feel yeah. like that it's not, there's nothing wrong with liking a movie that's not good. And I don't think Spaceballs is terrible. But my point is, it's not a good movie. It's not, it's fun. It's funny. I'm thinking of scenes now. It's and I'm not like, yeah, great. Yeah, you're right. You're right. What I'm saying is, like, if I love okay. Back to the Future as much as I do, and I do love it, I do too. then I might as well just admit that that's, if I love it that's as much. It's funny because my wife's. Like three favorite movies are Back to the Future, Spaceballs, and Moulin Rouge. I don't even know. I've never seen that. So. Moulin Rouge? Nah, I'm not. A, I'm not. Baz I Lerman? Uh, I like him. Uh, I do. No. Anywho. All right, let's take a break. We're done. I have to. Oh, we can we're be done? done. No, I just have to pee. We can be done. No, it's all right. You just want to pee and you want to keep pee talking, and I'll, and, I, and I'll come back. You want to keep talking? Sure. We could be done. I don't have anything. I mean, we could be done. No. I usually go 30, 30 minutes. I know. Minutes. Let's do one, one more segment. Okay. All right. All right. I got to pee. Thanks. I'm with it. Yo, Swap Stand Up. <clears throat> Swap Stand Up. It's your boy, Ian Insect, the unstable fable, the pseudo sociopath, the drum major of chaos. Unparalleled. I got this show. Ian Insect is evil. Aaron on the Epicast Network. You can catch it anytime you want to at epicastnetwork.com. Unprecedented. Yo, yo, get official. Get superficial. We talk about all kinds of things on my show. Art, history, death, disappointment, the nature of reality and its relation to the core concepts of human interaction, and of course, these nuts. Unpredictable. Not in a good way. Hey, who knows what to expect, but you gotta respect that everybody's suspect from the perspective of Inspector Insect. I'm here to remind everyone of the demons we all aid, abet, resent, and harbor, and I'm here to remind you that you're all loved anyway. <laughs> Not really. Anyway. He's insincere. He's insecure. He's insensitive. He knows a lot of words, but above all else, Ian Insect is evil. And we're back. Um... Yeah, I mean, I think that maybe overall the takeaway is if there's anyone out there that has, let's say you're pregnant. Okay. Or you have already had a young child. I will say that part of what, and I'm being dead serious when I say this, um, part of what has really helped my son be mm-hmm. uh, a good kid yeah. is movies. I really feel I, I, like I would agree with that. The act I mean, of going to the movie theater and learning—you have to be quiet during it. Sure, you can yeah, laugh, yeah. You can just don't comment during yeah. the movie. Have a good time. You know, we we've made it into a it's it's a fun event for all of us, and it's oh sort yeah, of like my a my family, it is like a reward. Right. It's a special event. Sure. It's like going to the swimming pool, right? Like it's a big deal, right? And I really do feel. I mean, we have. I know a couple of parents who are like, oh, I have my kids three. There's no way I could take him to the movies. I'm like, we took Max when he was ten months old. Yeah, like you just get yeah, them. Yeah, we've taken our the, kids. Like, you just young. get them in the habit of it. Now, yeah. again, you have to make sure that every that. If they do anything bad, like you take them out, of course. Yeah, I mean, well, I think uh, I can put you in the same boat as where we have good kids, and right. a lot of people have little assholes. Right, exactly. Well, and I mean, but, <laughs> but that's, that's your not, fault. That's their fault. Right. I, I know. I know. I, I talk about that. All I mean, the time. honestly, like it's just I know this is like a cliche thing or whatever, but like kids aren't racist. They're oh, only yeah, assholes right. if you make them assholes. A hundred percent. Now, if if they're Agreed. 13 and you've raised them the right way and they decide to be an asshole, that's a different story. Right, right, right. right. Probably a little young. 15, 16, yeah. whatever. But I'm chances saying, are 
The, it's going to take a lot for them likely, to become if, an asshole. Right. If they know... What, do we become assholes? Right, exactly. <laughs> if they know uh, that you're supposed to be cool to other people... Yeah. Respectful, share... Sure. Nice, say please and thank you, whatever. The chances of them becoming better people, it's not It's not a guarantee, of course. Sure. But it helps. Absolutely. And, I mean, and and that's and I mean, no child of mine will ever be an asshole. There's no, no way. There's no, I, not I, a I, chance in the world. We like we won't put up with any of that. And no we, way. And you and you have to start early because right. like you see kids that like you they let their kids like act crazy when they're toddlers and then they're they just be like oh well they're just being kids right no no they're not that's not normal no you're letting them right get I mean nuts. this is right I mean and and they're gonna be a blast when they're ten me, there are if you let them do that there are. A million different things that you tell yourself and then it changes once you have the kid. Like, yeah. for instance, my ex-wife, I was married once before. She, as every parent does before they ever have a kid, mm-hmm. they'll go to Facebook. I mean, if they have Facebook, I suppose. Sure. And say they'll make sweeping generalization statements about this or that. And she made the the statement of, and this is literally impossible. And I never said anything to her, but she definitely knows I think her son just turned one. She definitely knows by now. She's like, I'm never, this generation has too much screen time. I'm never going to give my kid my iPhone. There's no way that you're not going to do that. Because my point right. is, is that if you're sitting there, if you're in a situation where you have to look at what is the greater good of the situation, if you're in a restaurant and the kid is a fucking nightmare, bleeped, sorry, then and that and the phone will stop them from being that and you can't yeah. get out of the situation yeah it's really not a big deal like right. we gave max now my daughter margaret has never really had a phone like she doesn't sit there and play yeah. with my wife's phone or my, my phone my kids don't at all right but my point is is that that's not it's not it doesn't the idea that you can't and we're living proof of this the idea that you can't hand an 18-month-old kid your phone yeah. so that they stop yelling doesn't mean that they're going to have a headset and be like in like a game recliner when they're 6 years old right. playing oh, like sure, sure. you know storm the yeah. beach at normandy games yeah, yeah. it doesn't mean that you still every day you set a new limit if you want to yeah. and you can change those things my son was raised on mario games and right, loves yeah. to play them but right now it's probably been Two or three weeks yeah. since he's played with his DS or yeah. played with his Wii. My it's, my kids, it's all Lego games. Yeah. We play all the Lego games, and we don't have any handhelds. Right. Um. I mean, they will play on the iPad, yeah. but we let them play like they'll play like puzzle games. Right. That's exactly what I'm saying. Is, is that like it's just we all did this. We all made yeah. these sweeping generalizations about how we're going to be. I mean, for the yeah. same reason that if you would have told me at 18, you're you're years old where i thought that led zeppelin was a despicable thing that i would have a a led zeppelin tattoo on my body yeah they're the greatest rock band of all time exactly but i i you could have never told me that oh yeah that's funny yeah. and and you could have never told me that i would that the that i would think that the beatles are probably the second best band ever now i never didn't like the beatles but my point is i never valued them the way i do now sure but you know and so i'm saying that like we all make generalizations and yeah. then we all go back on them. Yeah. And that's all I'm saying is that like just, you know, just know 
that there are things, and this is again, I'm, this is another like you know, it's a a, a, a it's a PSA for the young parents or soon to be yeah. parents. There's no right or wrong way to do this. Meaning, well. what I'm saying is, is like <laughs> it changes. Is what I mean. Yeah, like, sure. Absolutely. When I say there's no right or wrong way to do it, I mean that there's that there's no right or wrong way to change things as you go. Yeah. If yeah. you it you. You do what you believe. If as long as you always and in every choice have the kid's best interest at heart, yeah, and also keep in mind everyone else's interest as well, then you should be fine. But it's when you don't have like a you know someone that serves their child Mountain Dew. I mean, oh you just gosh. don't have the kid's best interest. I, You're just making things very easy on I, them. I feel like the more and more episodes I do of this podcast. There's things that I say every episode that makes me a more pretentious asshole parent to some people. Right. And I'm going to say one now. Um, people that let their kids – I would – I would, I, I'm, I'm being conservative with this. But, like, if they're not in school yet and they drink soda – yeah, that's insanity to me. Well, I mean, and and again, I think it's crazy. This is, of course, it's wrong. Of course, it is. But I wonder if part of it is just like, like for instance, we were able, like you used to be fat, and so did I. Yeah, and we, so we both were raised on. There's no way that I when was you, not really. No, my mom was a dietitian, and okay. we were poor. Yeah. So, like, we got a generic case of soda. How and did that you get was fat like, then? What the hell happened? After college. Yeah, you just ate. Just stopped playing sports, yeah. uh, hung out, worked with teenagers for sure. years. Well, I think that... I, I think <laughs> and, that and, then, and then my first couple years of comedy on the road, yeah. which is, I always say, it's free drinking and free food. Right. So that's forget sure. it. No, it, it really is. Yeah. I guess my point is, is that, like, we but both I know what you grew mean. up in an era where... Sure. It was absolutely not even thought of in no, any way that Coke like was bad. 1990. Right. Nobody was saying that pounding Pepsi and Doritos was bad. No, you're right. Nobody. So I guess what I'm saying is, it is was that like, like, this if, is what you do. I feel like that this is sort of, this is, I'm going to lose some people on this, but <laughs> what I, I was going to say is, I still, I know. What I'm saying is, is that like, to me, if, I can see why some people just do what they were had been done to them when they were kids, but no smart like there's no way that I would ever walk past a smart person giving their kid Mountain Dew. There's definitely something not smart about them. I you, I can't disagree with you. Also, if there are, and I'm sorry, people, but also if you're a a Republican, I'm sorry. There's just no yeah, way that's, that that's a viable option in the world. That's more of an opinion. There's no way. <laughs> We're not even going to get into no that. There's no way that you have any compassion a, for any other person. There's not. That's opinion. That's. I an can't opinion. believe that you would say that. Because you have. I, I'm a realist. Well, I firmly believe that we're just sitting here, waiting for half of Republicans to die. <laughs> Half of them go away. How do we get to talk about that? Well, this? what I'm saying is that like half of them go I away. I thought you were going to say like, and also people who smoke in their car with kids. Well, of course, that's ridiculous. They should go to hell. I mean, you smoke. I mean, occasionally. Weed. Is that worse? No, I do not smoke weed. <laughs> don't do that to me. We're not live. You can edit this out. Anyway, so. I don't edit nothing. <laughs> all right, well, you are now. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so what I'm saying is is that I, well, I guess I should have thought of that before I said that. Uh, so, um, 
that maybe that was your phone. I don't know. I felt yeah. like I I don't know. I, I don't know. I, heard I don't know. Too. Listeners, I malfunctioned there for a second. I, I don't I know heard what happened too. Anyway, my point is is that I really. All right, here's what this is like. We don't have to do this, but we can if you want to. Okay. If you're a fiscal Republican, meaning that the reason that you believe in. I don't want to do this. Okay. Well, this is all I want to say just to get back out of what I'm saying is that I have absolutely no problem if you understand math better than I do. And you're a. I don't mean you. I mean anyone is a Republican because they understand the mathematics of being a. a, if If it's better for everyone if the math adds up. Yeah. If it's a math issue, no problem. If it's a if it's a women's rights, moral issues, non-white rights, gay rights or even poor people rights, mm-hmm. if that's why you if you believe that stuff, that's where I can't believe that you're making a decision that makes any sense. And I and honestly, I I I really do believe that after all these years of there being this like two party, like people are there's there's fifty percent of people are Republican, fifty yeah. percent of people are Democrats, or forty eight and forty eight, and then four percent are right. like are you know are weirdos or whatever. What <laughs> yeah, I'm saying weirdos. is is that we are slowly moving towards my side being way more people because yeah I, 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 I and i and i do believe that these that these breakthroughs that we're making I don't disagree with that with you know transgender people mm-hmm. and i mean they're making a tr- as 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 much as there are factually no, huge strides and fast well i was gonna say is that they're yeah. making a a hollywood transgender movie yeah and they're making a hollywood gay rights movie mm-hmm. And even though both, I have friends that are like so far left that they hate that they're happening. My point is, is that like ultimately they're wrong that it's bad because all that we need is like a dude in, you know, Memphis, like understanding that people are people. Yeah. That's what we need. We need for the people that like when they were kids called people faggots yeah as a cut down to understand that that's no longer sure. that's no longer Absolutely. acceptable and once that happens we're looking at like a 70% democrat rate or non republican i should say but i'm sorry if we this is not for children this is, anymore no but, this is uh this is like i think what's the the best about this is that we this is one of the best dad conversations i've ever had like oh, I'm 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 for me deep personally, in dad stuff. Dad for, rock. I, I listen to I listen to mostly dad rock. The national spoon. Dad rock. Oh yeah, that's no, great. I do. I mean, I I yeah, sure. I mean, I might as well drive a Volkswagen. I don't, but I might as well because of everything else. I'm kind of just dad. I'm all in. On I, yeah, dad it's just stuff. fascinating. I love that we covered a lot of dad issues. I barbecue like kids I, movies. We covered politics. We covered very bad. Parents. This was very one-sided. You're clearly not ready to voice your opinion about politics, which I don't blame you for. No, I I think I'm very careful about how I voice my opinion on those kinds of things because I may be a more public figure than you. Well, that that's a that's a, that's a bold statement to no, make. No, you at the know end what I mean. Festival. Like, I, like I'm an inter- festival at the end of the like, interview. Uh, no, what I mean is, is like, no, believe me, no, like no, I'm an entertainer. A, like, and I, don't, I not only it's uh, here's what I'm I saying. I choose not to be. It that is an type LOL moment that you said it. It's funny because it sounded ridiculous. But what I'm saying is, like, I first of all, you're right. I agree with you. A, it was a ridiculous <laughs> thing to say, but you're right. I didn't know how to say it. B, 
I am 100% the same way. When I'm doing something like this where I'm sort of an unknown person, yeah. I am not I have no qualms of saying like, sure, you know, right. like a Republican is dead to me basically. Yeah. <laughs> but what I'm I, saying is what I am saying though is on Facebook you never see any of this for the exact same thing that you're saying. Is it yeah, it just I try isn't really worth hard not it. To do that it isn't either. worth it for me. I'm not going to change the world by a Facebook status about if you think gay people aren't people, I hope you die in a fire. There's no reason for me to do that because there's just – you have to be able to separate – Surviving yeah. as a business from yeah, your right. own, you know, temper tantrums about politics. Yeah, I, I kind politics. of just choose not to like get into that because it's just I, I, it's not part of like who I am. As he an is wearing. Just in case you guys are wondering, he is wearing a gay flag T-shirt though. So we, so we, guys, we are. This is a Pittsburgh Penguins hoodie. Uh, it's I a just, hoodie. It's ninety degrees out. He walks in here with a hoodie. There's I went a whole to other the story. gym first. You know, that was a two-hour gym gym thing too, which is also weird. But it anyway, is. so. Uh, all right, so uh, Aaron, do you have anything coming up to plug here? Yeah, I usually I usually do that. Let's uh, do it. Well, this week is this comes out Wednesday. Wednesday. So next week you are in Tempe, Arizona at Stand Up Live. <laughs> I wish. What I'm is waiting it? for that date? Uh, no, actually, uh, it's the Pittsburgh Comedy Festival next week. Oh, that's right. That, where you are the comedy curator. Um, yeah, the I, what? I ins- in- I inspect the antiquities. Uh, I have no I'm idea. The, I'm the stand-up I'd have to director. Google what those things book mean. the stand-ups uh, and uh, the national submissions, the headliners, the local bookings. We have Todd Glass uh, headlining two nights, which is fantastic. So those nights are what? Thursday and Friday. So Thursday show will end in the middle of the night on Friday, and then Friday show will end. It just there's no just whatever you think the time the show will end. Add. Oh, we're pretty tight. Well, we'll yeah, see. Wait, you and Todd, or you mean the time? No, no, no like our schedule. Well, good luck with that. I know. Uh, no, no, yeah. Well, and That's let me just going. also say that Todd is one of the best people I've ever met. I And I, I'm I was joking super... about this because not only is the time that he goes over the best time of the show. I mean, he he's honestly, in my opinion, we have on our pint glasses, we have... Right. The Mount Rushmore of Mount comedy. Rushmore, yeah. And this is living comedians to me. The four best living comedians are Maria Bamford, Jimmy Pardo, Tignataro, and Todd Glass. Wow. Not necessarily in that order either. Right. But maybe it is the order. Who knows? I don't know. No one knows but me. I like all of them. Of course. So, yeah, we have our comedy festival. Yeah. So, who, who else is in the festival? Um, we have a bunch of national submissions. Oh yeah. Um, you know, people from all around the country. Yeah. Uh, we also booked a lot of, uh, Pittsburgh comics involved mm-hmm. and then we have improv as well. It's a stand up and improv Very festival. Sorry about that. Um, we have a, a group out of New York, an all female improv group called Bombardo that, uh, Aubrey Plaza from Parks and Recreation is part of. That's our improv wow. headliner. Yeah. That's cool. And we have improv groups from all over the country as well. It's pretty neat. Excellent. Well, yeah. this sounds like fun. Is it what yeah. is it how, how many venues? One. Oh, okay. Yeah, one. That's cool. No, that's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, so I have to let someone in, so we're done. No, we're done, man. All right, Thanks cool. So much. All right. Mm, Thanks. Okay. Bye. Right. Bye.